the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. The John Steigerwald Show, sponsored by Service Master of Greater Pittsburgh. Demand the yellow van. Portions of today's program may be pre recorded. Hold on to your wallet. Joe Biden's new budget is out. It's all about tax and spend. Actually, it's somebody's budget with Joe's name on it. Nobody actually believes he has a clue about what's in there. But let's call it Joe's. Um, and my favorite is the increase in the capital gains tax from 21% to 39%. That's almost a 100% increase, I think. And I'm not an economist, but on paper, that just doesn't seem like a very good idea. Stock market probably won't either. And there's something uh, un-American about anybody having to give the government 40% of money that they earn. 40%. That's theft. People who earn more than $400,000 a year are already paying 37%. That would go up to 39.6. Again, theft. Um, I don't care if you're making $400 million a year. The government, in a free country anyway, has no business confiscating 40 cents from every dollar you earn. Here's another tax that everybody will feel. The corporate tax will jump uh, from 21% to 28%. That's a tax on everybody because corporations that make products that we all buy and use will pass that on to us. And that would seem to be pretty obvious to everybody, but it's a concept that Democrats have never understood or cared about. They think the corporations are just going to swallow the tax. They're not. They're passing it on to us. There's lots of free stuff in there, free preschool for everybody, which more people are going to need, I guess, if, uh, if the government keeps taking more of their money because every household is going to need two earners. Maybe I'm mean, but nah, I just don't think that I should have to work to pay for somebody to send their kids to preschool, and I don't think you should have to work to pay to send my kids or grandkids to preschool. And the word climate appears in the document 148 times. Now, I don't care what the specifics are, but that's a scary number, and it's a guarantee that lots and lots of money is going to be wasted. Just with that word in there 148 times, it has to be. Millions are going to be spent to build electric car charging stations. Now, we pointed out on the show a few weeks ago here that West Virginia, where there are 1,000 electric cars in the entire state, will get $47 million worth of chargers. I think that comes to $47,000 per car. And, of course, since this is a federal budget, it means that you will be going to work every day if this budget comes through, to pay part of that $47,000 per car in West Virginia. So those 1,000 people who are driving the cars, they'll be grateful to you for going to work every day and paying for it. Uh, this is just a proposal now by whoever wrote it for Joe, and there could be lots of changes, but it looks like the same old, same old uh, tax and spend approach that we have to live with for at least two more years. And when we come back, we're going to take a little break from all the insanity and talk about some, well, insanity that really won't affect our lives all that much. And that's how the Academy Awards coming up this weekend are going to change because Hollywood keeps getting woker and woker. And in our second half hour, remember what a good idea it was for Major League Baseball to move the All-Star game out of Georgia a couple of years ago? Well, a columnist at the Washington Post has an idea that's just as dumb about spring training in Florida. Stick around. patent system, stealing American innovations, and we are helping them do it. The Chinese Communist Party intends to surpass us and to be the world leader in innovative technology. Innovation Race, the shocking new movie from the Tea Party Patriots, exposes the truth. China will use our own technology to threaten our economic and military security. Dominating technology means you dominate the world itself. This is a race that we cannot afford to lose because we're not going to have a country. If China gains control over 5G technology with a flip of a switch, they could remotely turn off our phones, our cars, even our power grid. 
lost sight of what it is to protect this nation. We need to up our game. In today's high-tech world, there's no prize for second place. Watch Innovation Race. Available now on demand or DVD at SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Wouldn't it be great to work in a place that makes a positive impact on the people, businesses, and churches around you? That place exists. I know because I work there. My name is Cassie, and I'm the digital marketing specialist with Salem Media Group in Pittsburgh. Right now, Salem Surround has an opening for one talented salesperson to join our team. Is that you? We'll bring the training. You just bring the talent. An understanding of digital marketing and some direct sales experience will definitely help you stand out. What are you waiting for? Take the first step to a career that is challenging, rewarding, and helps to create terrific results for our amazing customers. Join the sales team at Salem Media Group Pittsburgh. Email your resume to brad.marshall at salempittsburgh.com. That's brad.marshall at salempittsburgh.com. Salem Media Group is an equal opportunity employer. Well, just when you thought it couldn't get any better, Mike Lindell with MyPillow is launching MyPillow 2.0. When Mike invented MyPillow, it had everything you could ever want in a pillow. Now, nearly 20 years later, he discovered a new technology that makes it even better. The MyPillow 2.0 has the patented adjustable fill of the original MyPillow, and now with a brand new fabric that is made with a temperature-regulating thread. The MyPillow 2.0 is the softest, smoothest, and coolest pillow you'll ever own. For my exclusive listeners, the MyPillow 2.0 is buy one, get one, free with promo code STAG. MyPillow 2.0 temperature regulating technology is 100% made in the USA and comes with a 10-year warranty and a 60-day money-back guarantee. Just go to MyPillow.com, click on the radio listener square to get the buy one, get one free offer. Just when you thought MyPillow couldn't get any better, MyPillow 2.0 gives you the best pillow ever. Enter promo code STAG or call 800-716-8087 to get your MyPillow 2.0s now. Dennis Prager here. Sue and I mean it. Dogs are part of our family. We love Otto and Snoopy so much, there's nothing quite like their loyal companionship. So we provide them with rough greens. In fact, I just talked to my wife about it because we want them to be healthy and we want them to be with us as long as possible. That's true. I know Sebastian Gorka feels the same way. The Pragers and I couldn't agree more. Our pups, Killian and Leia, rely on us to provide what's best for them. A naturopathic Dr. Dennis Black has packed rough greens full of vitamins minerals, digestive enzymes, omega oils, and more that supplement their food in a way that has shown us great results. Trying out Rough Greens is an easy yes, recommended by me, Dr. G. Naturopathic Dr. Dennis Black here, and I'm so proud that the Pragers and Sebastian Gorka have entrusted their dog's health to Rough Greens. I'm so confident that Rough Greens can help your dog. I'm offering you a free Jumpstart trial bag. Just cover the shipping. Yes, your dog's food is dead food, but you can bring it back to life with Rough Greens. Go to RUFFGreens.com. The John Steigerwald. Show AM 1250, the answer. Well, in the middle of all the political insanity going on right now, the Academy Awards will be presented on Sunday, which might make for some interesting and predictable acceptance speeches, but history might be made. Christian Toto is the host of the Hollywood and Toto podcast. You can also find him at uh, hollywoodandtoto.com, and he joins us now. Christian, thanks for being here. Oh, my pleasure. So, uh, when I say history could be made, I'm not talking about a first, but maybe some lasts. Can you want to clear that up for me? Yeah, there's been a push in the awards season calendar to make some of these uh, award shows gender neutral. So instead of best actor, best actress, it would be best performer. And that would allow for men and women and non-binary performers to compete in the same category without any uh, demarcation. So we've seen some other awards kind of go that route. It's already happened. And uh, it is, it's inevitable that there's going to be pressure put on the Oscars to, to follow suit. And so I guess that means there will be only half as many Oscars to give out to actors from now on. I mean, what, what could go wrong there? Yeah, you know, you know, part of the Oscar process is that this is about a, a huge three-plus-hour advertisement for the industry. And beyond that, it's, you know, if someone wins Best Actor, that goes on the poster, that goes on the after, you know, uh, once the movie's kind of gone through the whole process, and when you go to buy the Blu-ray, when you go rent it on streaming platforms, it'll mention it there, potentially. So it's, it's a huge boost to the different movies, the different actors, their careers, and you'll lose part of that if there are less winners, just for starters. 
Yeah, just from a just from a show filler type uh, you know, situation, you there are less awards to give out. If, if it well, used to be plot. best actor, <laughs> actor and best actress. That were those were two things that people waited for to find out. Now there's only yeah. one. Well, I think that cuts both ways. You're right because those are two of the bigger categories, and there's a lot of anticipation with them. But the show is so long. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> maybe in a small way, anything you could do to reduce the categories is not the worst thing in the world. But I, I think big picture wise, I, I don't think I recommend it. So um, I think we had you on before to talk about how they, uh, in a preemptive move to make sure that they were as woke as possible, they there's rules. Is it this year the first year that they have rules for what even allows you to compete for an Oscar? Well, I believe it's next year it oh, becomes okay. official, and that's in the best picture category. And that means yeah, the, the possible entries will either need to tell a woke story. They may have to have, uh, you know, equity and inclusion standards within the, the casting, the crew, you know, a certain number of people behind the scenes, maybe people of color, that kind of a thing. There's a, there's a whole, you can, you can Google it, there's a whole list of ways that films can technically compete or be eligible for a best picture uh, nomination moving forward. So that I think that's officially next year, but I, I would imagine there's sort of a soft approval process right now where that's part of it already. Yeah. yeah but yeah. Uh, things become official next year. The Grammys, as you mentioned, some other awards, one of those, the Grammys, uh, they've already gone this route. How's that working out for them? Well, there was, I think it was one British show where there was a specific category in music, and then all five nominees were men. And that was uh, caused a kerfuffle. So, you know, you, you got to be careful what you ask for because it may be imbalanced in ways that you didn't expect or don't want or don't seem to want or, you know, so it, it's complicated. I mean, this is not a fix all situation. And I think with all the problems that are going on with the Oscars, the lack of ratings, the fact that the show is a snooze, the fact that, you know, it's pushing people away. You know, the, the one thing that isn't broken with the, with the Oscars is the categories. I mean, I think people genuinely, if they're going to watch, they do care for Best Actor and Best Actress. I think that, that that's important to them. So it seems like that's, you know, fixing a problem that the industry may think exists, but I think the, the average viewer doesn't. And again, this is an advertisement for Hollywood, for movies. It's saying, hey, look at the wonderful work we're doing. Go out and see it. And I think that's the main function of the award show. And, and I think this will partially diminish that. I, I think um, that's what it used to be, and I, and I guess it still is. An ad, it's supposed to be a, an advertisement for the, um, you know, for the movies, for movies in general. But I, over the years, the, just the tone and the tenor of, of the, the whole um, production and the people's attitudes, I, and my, I, I know these people are, will have a tendency to take themselves a little bit too seriously, um, <laughs> but it just like it, the Academy Awards, when, when someone wins one, not just their immediate reaction, but just the, the way they're treated as if they've just uh, found a cure for cancer. I, I, don't know, I don't know what a good analogy would be, but it's just as though it's the, the greatest thing that ever can happen to a human being is to get the Academy Award for editing. You know, it's uh, mm -hmm. it's it's and is it is is that still does that still exist? I mean, just, I mean, I think am I exaggerating industry, that? I don't know. It's, it's if you're an actor, a director, an editor, you know, whatever your position is, it certainly matters. It's it's the highest honor within Hollywood. Still, yeah, yeah. It's just whether it still has the cultural cachet for the average viewer, which I think has diminished significantly. You know, for many many reasons, and in part because you know people may say, well. They may be looking at this winner because there's a, a difference other than acting. Mm -hmm. Maybe it's his or her turn. Maybe there's been not enough diversity in the past. We need to kind of rectify that with with a solution. So I, I think those things come into play for sure. But you know, I, I think what the show has to do is sort of do the down, the balance between it does honor the actors. These are artists. Uh, they deserve to be praised for their work if they do good work. But you also have to, uh, you know, you have millions technically at home watching and it has to be entertaining. Mm -hmm. And I think back in the day, you know, maybe Billy Crystal for me, uh, other hosts for other people, that's what they did. They made it fun. They made it exciting. They made it celebratory. It showcased the greatest movies of all time. You had wonderful actors, even if they weren't going to win that night, pop up on stage and crack wise and be sweet and be glamorous. And, you know, I think that's what made the Oscar ceremony so wonderful. It was entertainment. 
it was diversion, it was fun, it was uplifting, it was interesting. And I think this now, it's like if you win, well, you've got to use your podium time to to address the societal ills that are on your mind at the moment. You know, and I think that's the wrong choice. It's the wrong forum for it, for starters. It pushes people away. And even if you, what you're saying is intelligent and interesting, it, it's an acting honor or, or a directing honor. Mm-hmm. It's not the time or the place for the speech. Yeah, and um, with what's happening uh, in the political atmosphere right now, what do you expect from the uh, – uh, could, the, could they give everybody a break and back off completely, or, th- or is this – is it too ripe for – uh, speeches that have nothing to do with movies. Well, I think even if Jimmy Kimmel, who's a far left individual, even if he plays it straight, tells a few laughs, and then steps aside, I think that the, the honorees will will kind of do the heavy lifting. They'll they'll make it political. They'll make it personal in that way. So uh, you know, I think you're kind of darned if you do, darned if you don't. Because, but I don't expect Kimmel to stand down. I mean, you you don't pick him for 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 zero reason. He's a very political minded fellow. You see it on his you know, ABC show. So he's going to mock Florida. He's going to mock DeSantis. He's going to mock, you know, they're banning books in Florida without the context and the facts. And uh, I, I think at this point, they don't even mention Trump anymore. He's sort of like Voldemort, the name you don't mention. Yeah. But, uh, but I, you know, that's what Jimmy Kimmel does. And if you hire him, it's what you're going to get. And even if you don't get that, that's what audiences expect. So, you know, if I'm a viewer and I'm right of center, I think, you know, I used to love watching the Oscars. I'll give it a chance again. Oh, they hired Jimmy Kimmel. I'm out. Yeah, you know, because he's not a he's not a you know a bipartisan guy. There, there. You could there's many many comics who kind of you know thread the needle and they kind of tell jokes to the left or the right or they're just apolitical. And I think that's what people want ultimately. They want escapism, and I don't think that the show delivers it anymore. We're talking to Christian Toto. He's the host of the Hollywood and Toto podcast. Um, and um, I'm wondering, Christian, could you just give us a, a quick. Um, uh, explanation of who votes for this, how many people, and where do they come from? Well, I mean, it comes within the industry. You have to be admitted. Uh, there's quite a good number, as opposed to the Golden Globe, uh, the Hollywood Foreign Press Association. I think in the past that's had under a hundred members. This is far, far greater. And they've done, they've done, they've made efforts in recent years to diversify the lineup that. It was criticized. It was sort of a lot of older white males who were doing the voting, and and that's why you get the results of what you see. So I think in recent years they've kind of in expanded things. They've invited more people, people of color, into the voting process, which they would hope uh, behind the scenes would yield for more diverse winners. But you never know. I mean, just because you're a person of color doesn't mean you want to vote exclusively for people of color. If if an actor happens to be white and they think they think they're the best performance, then you got to go with that and vice versa. So, you know, that's that's basically how it works. Um, has it become so cool to be transgender or non-binary out there in Hollywood that there are just too many to maintain some ins- some sanity? Uh, getting back to the whole idea here of, you know, uh, gender-free awards. I mean, I think that still represents a very, very small minority of talent in Hollywood. But I think what you're seeing, you're seeing a lot of entertainment figures like Cindy Lauper uh, discussing the issue of, uh, of drag shows being eliminated or being curtailed without, again, the context that this is, we don't want kids to see these shows. No one cares about drag shows. You know, have, have at it. You know, that's perfectly fine. They've been around for years. And if people enjoy them, then that's wonderful. But you're seeing them being aggressively introduced to younger people, you know, kids, preteens, little, little boys and girls. And that's inappropriate because often these shows are have a sexual nature. So I, I think from that perspective, I think that will come up per, perhaps early and often during the ceremony. They should actually have a drag queen uh, MC the thing. <laughs> At this point, that would be the yeah, that would be the the cool thing to do. Um, so um, I'm, I'm guessing also there are a lot of feminists out there. How is this whole idea of no uh, of a gender free award? How is this going to be good for women? I don't know. You know, and I think that if if you're an actress and you're not on board with this, you shut up. You don't say a word because you can, because there may be blowback, there may be punishment. There's only certain opinions allowed within the Hollywood ecosystem, which is really terrible because you should have lots of opinions and you should be allowed to share them without being punished professionally. But that's 
that's the atmosphere behind the scenes. I mean, I'd like to think a lot of the big, big stars are aghast at cancel culture, are aghast at, you know, censorship across the board and what's happening in our society. But they know if they say the wrong thing, and maybe maybe the risk is too is too great for them, so they stay silent. So, I mean, I'm I'm hoping within as as a movie lover, as a person who covers this industry, I'm hoping that a Tom Hanks or a, or a or a you know Denzel Washington or a Julia Roberts is aghast at what's happening in the culture right now, and that we can't say what we want to say. But I think it's not worth it to them to speak out. Sadly, yeah, they they and and as you said, it's a it's a microscopic minority of people even in in hollywood that are either transgender or non-binary or whatever category you want to throw in there but that's the case worldwide and you still can't speak Mm. up against it you're you you can't question it you're you're a bigot you're a hater if you say that you don't think that uh, a man can get pregnant so that you know people can they can have their views and they can be eloquent and they can you know, share love for people in the trans community, but still have sort of issues within that within that space. But you know, if you, you know context and nuance and and, and all those kind of uh, cadences aren't often accepted or are pushed aside because in the rush to cancel people, the most you know they'll take a snippet of what you say, you know, magnify it, and all of a sudden you're scrambling to make the apology. So it, it's. It's a really terrible time for free speech at this point. How is this going to affect the ratings? Um, I mean, this not this year, obviously. It's not going to happen yet. But when this happens, the ratings are already in the toilet compared to past years. Yeah, I mean, I think the ratings are generally sinking and sinking fast. There have been some uh, exceptions in recent years, but nothing major. You know, it kind of ticks up a little bit and goes back down. I actually think that the slap, which happened last year, which we've been yeah. talking about for 12 months, I think that may give a modest boost to the show where people are thinking, oh, gosh, what's going to happen next? Yeah. Of course, nothing like that's going to happen. It was a once-in-a-lifetime thing. Mm-hmm. Everyone's going to be in their best behavior, and everyone realized how poorly Will Smith looked as a result of that. So everyone's going to be you know, uh, pleasant and kind. So I, I, think, I don't think you'll see anything crazy on this show, but I, I think curiosity seekers may watch just to see if it happens again, if there's a reference. You know, I would imagine Jimmy Kimmel is going to bring it up in some capacity and then kind of move on. So I think it'll have a, a modest back in a good way for the ratings. But I also think it's Jimmy Kimmel. It's his third time hosting. He hasn't really boosted the ratings in a significant way. He's a partisan figure. Anyone who is willing to give the show a second chance sees him as the host and says, yeah, no thanks. So I think generally the ratings will be kind of lowish as they've been for quite some time. If it's me, I've got Will Smith and Chris Rock co-hosting. That's me. You, you, you want ratings? At least for the first 10 minutes, anyway. You know, I, I love that idea. I, I think they should think outside the box. They should be outrageous at times. <clears throat> I, don't, I don't need to see a show that's dark and cutting edge and yeah. R-rated and mature. But, yeah, it's something creative and clever and a little bit exciting and a little bit, you know, artistically dangerous. Why not? I mean, imagine those two on stage. Yeah. I think that would be epic. It would be interesting. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm 100% serious. If I'm <laughs> yeah, working I'm for just... that that uh, production, my first thing is call Will Smith, Chris Rock, offer it to him. Well, that's where yeah. I start. I want those two guys. And they're both entertainers. You know, they, they maybe they uh, bury the axe, they come on and they put on a good show, and people laugh and maybe have a good time with it. I would do it 100%. Um, yep, I would too. So I, I'm I'm uh, just about out of time here. Um, I, I guess the, the last question I want to ask you: We're talking to Christian Toto of the Hollywood and Toto podcast, Creed Three. I went to see it uh, two weeks ago. Eh, didn't like it. What do you think? I liked it more than you. I thought that they tried too hard to get the friction between the main characters, the Adonis and his old yeah. childhood buddy. I didn't think it. I didn't think it felt organic. But I I, I kind of liked some of the. The smaller elements that, you know, that him teaching his daughter how to box a little yeah. bit and sort of him unable to kind of open up to his wife. I thought that worked. And so I didn't think it was a great sequel, but I, I enjoyed it. I did. What was your main beef with it? Yeah, I, I, my main beef was that it had to be written by somebody who knows nothing about boxing. Um, <laughs> the, the, the fact that they would have this guy never had a pro fight in his life and he ends up with a, you know, I know it's a sign of the same thing that happened with Apollo Creed. And and Rocky, but it's you know the guy comes out of prison and they say okay you can be the you can fight for the heavyweight championship so 
Mm. You know, they lost me there. Yeah, yeah no, I get that. Some of the plot twists are a little bit uh, yeah. uh, too obvious, too on yeah. the nose, and too hard to believe. I, so. I didn't hate it, but I, I was I was disappointed. But i, I got to go. I'm out of time. Christian, thanks, as usual, for being on. Have a good time at the show. <laughs> <laughs> thanks so much. All right. We'll be right back. SRN News. I'm John Scott. Oklahoma Congresswoman Stephanie Weiss says the GOP has a better path than the one President Biden lays out in his budget. Republicans have a strong vision for the country. It's called the commitment to America. It is built on four main principles. An economy that is strong, a nation that is safe, a future that is built on freedom, and a government that is accountable. President Biden's 10-year budget plan largely revolves around the idea of taxing the wealthy to help fund programs for the middle class, older adults, and families. It would raise $4.7 trillion from higher taxes, with an additional $800 billion in savings from changes to federal programs. The tax increases include a reversal of Trump-era cuts on people earning more than $400,000 a year. On Wall Street, the Dow is down 352 points and the Nasdaq losing 167. This is SRN News. We're entering a time of increasing hostility against people of faith, a time when Christians are going to be tested on a moral and physical and financial basis, unlike any other time in our lifetime. I'm Lance Wallnow, Christian author, evangelical leader, here to remind you that you have to take action to protect and steward what God has given you. For example, record high inflation is going to continue to eat away at the dollar, and the savings of your retirement account is in danger. Fortunately, God does provide a way. To protect your retirement, I recommend diversifying your 401k or IRA out of paper and into physical gold. And the best way to do that is with a gold IRA from Birch Gold Group. Now, to see how it works, just text the word FAITH to 989898. That'll give you access to a free info kit on gold IRAs. There are no strings attached, so text FAITH, F-A-I-T-H, to 989898 right now, and I pray your family is blessed with peace of mind because you took action. Mike Gallagher sees Trump ready for business. Had a lot of people tell me they watched the whole speech, and anybody who listened to every word of Trump's speech would walk away saying, yep, he's the guy. He's the only guy that can deliver us from the mess that we are in. In many ways, the Trump campaign will be about retribution. The Mike Gallagher Show, weekdays at 9, right before Dennis Prager at noon on AM 1250. The Answer. Hey, John Steigerwald here for Johnny and Jesse Samick, my friends over at Service Master of Greater Pittsburgh. When disaster strikes your home or business, demand the yellow van. Fire, water, or mold, Service Master's technicians are trained and equipped to get you back to normal fast. Even when dealing with insurance, you have a choice who repairs and cleans up the mess. Make sure you demand the yellow van. Call Service Master of Greater Pittsburgh. Demand the yellow van. Service Master. Cable News. Noisy, out of touch, on repeat. Tired of all the lookalikes? So are we. Salem News Channel is here to change the game. Streaming 24 7, free on your TV, with the greatest collection of conservative voices. Home to Dinesh D'Souza, Andrew Wilkow, Brandon Tatum, and more. Like you, we say what's wrong and what's right. Unfiltered and unapologetic. Salem News Channel. We're the answer to the mainstream media. Learn more at snc.tv. Whose rulebook do you want to play by, the government's or your own? This is Jay Hagerman of Abernathy and Hagerman. Without a proper estate plan, many families end up playing by the government's rulebook and losing a lot of what they'd intended to leave to their families. That's why Abernathy and Hagerman presents free, ongoing estate planning workshops with attorney Dan Reimer to help you protect what's yours and make sure the government plays by your rules. The next one's happening soon. For details and to attend, visit a-h.law. AM 1250 and FM 92.5. The Answer. WPGP Pittsburgh. W223CS Pittsburgh. A division of Salem Media Group. Listen on the Answer mobile app, smart speakers, tune in, iHeart, or Odyssey. AM 1250. The Answer. Weather. Mainly clear skies this evening, followed by considerable cloudiness tonight. A little rain towards dawn, the low 35. Considerable cloudiness tomorrow with a little rain mixing with snow late. Little to no accumulation expected. It'll be breezy in the afternoon with a high of 41. 
Cloudy and windy tomorrow night with a couple of snow showers. Maybe mixed with rain early, the low 27. Breezy Saturday morning, otherwise a thick cloud cover, high 37. With your AccuWeather forecast, I'm Drew Shannon. Hey, I'm Andy. I started Harry's because I was frustrated with buying razors at the drugstore. And when I say frustrated, I mean like so upset I called my friend Jeff. Hello, this is Jeff. Jeff, I'm at the store, and I don't get why these razors... Cost so much? Yeah, and do they need to look like robots? Ah, dude, I know, and it's so frustrating how expensive they are. Getting ripped off sucks. We gotta do something about this. Why don't we make our own high-quality razors at much better prices? Actually, I heard about this German razor factory that makes some really high-quality blades. Really? Okay, maybe that's not exactly how it went. But we did buy that German factory, where we're turning high-quality steel into super-sharp blades for a smooth shave at a great price. Seriously, as low as $2 per cartridge. Over the past 10 years, 20 million people have tried Harry's. Join them and get your starter set now. That's a five-blade razor, weighted handle, and shave gel, all for just 3 bucks with free shipping. Backed by our quality guarantee. If you don't like it, it's on us. Just go to harrys.com now and enter code MODERN at checkout. That's harrys.com code MODERN. This is the John Stackerwald Show on AM 1250 and FM 92.5. The answer. Well, we are hoping to have a guest here. We're, uh, as they say in radio, efforting that right now. And uh, just a little bit more on that. Uh, my idea for Will Smith and uh, Chris Rock to host, co-host the Academy Awards. I just thought of that when I was talking to uh, Christian Toto there. That's kind of the way I approach things. Uh, I remember having a discussion here before the um, – and it doesn't always happen this way. and You know that if you listen to the show. But um, my attitude has always been, in, and not just in this show, but everything I've done, we talked about this. I remember we had a meeting here before I started doing the show here, and I was speaking to the producer, Aaron, and I said, here's my attitude. I said – if the Pope is throwing the first out the first pitch at the Pirate game tomorrow night, I want to get the Pope on to talk about it. I don't. I don't want to hear. I don't want to talk to the Pirates about. Well, I mean, maybe I do eventually, but I want the Pope. Make the first call to whoever you have to call, so that somebody can tell you no. The Pope is not available for your talk show. Uh, you're going to have to go with the assistant Pope. Or somebody in the Vatican, you know, the public relations guy or person. Um, so that's that's just kind of been my way of approaching things. That's that's how you should do radio. How you should do TV. You go for the big guy and and a big person. I, I'm not allowed to say guy. I don't think. Um, so that's why. And something like that. I'm 100 percent serious. If you're the producer of that show, and I just thought of it five minutes ago. They should. Someone who's producing it should have, should have thought of that from day one. At least, uh, maybe not day one. Maybe you know, a couple of months into the the um, the stupid feud that was going on. I think it's stupid and it doesn't really appeal to me in any way. I don't care about it. But if you were trying to appeal to showbiz people and the people who um, pay attention to this stuff and care about it, it's a no brainer. You get you, you go get Chris Rock and Will Smith, and maybe you have them come out and do a skit where uh, Chris Rock uh, knocks Will Smith out, or maybe he really does knock him out. I mean, I, you know, I'd take that too. But that's that's who you go for. Get those two guys, and and uh, you know that that's to me that's your first choice. Then you work your way down. Then you go get whoever you know Jimmy Kimmel or one of those boring, predictable, annoying. Uh, unwatchable hosts that they've had the last several years. Now, here's the thing about the Academy Awards. There's not a chance on this earth of me seeing 12 sec. Well, I might see 12 seconds of the show because my wife does watch it. And she'll be... Um, uh, she'll, she'll call me into the other room and say, hey, look at this. And I reluctantly will go in and take a look at it and try to keep from throwing up, and then I'll go back out and watch whatever I'm watching, um, or you know whatever whatever I was watching before she annoyed me and called me in to look at it. But I, I you know, I, I used to watch it. I used to look forward to it. I used to, and I'm a big movie guy. I went to two movies um, last weekend. I went to two movies, and uh, I used to go to fifty, seventy-five movies a year because I would go to at least one a week. Now I don't go to as many because I have this. 
talk show that I have to do because I don't go at night. I go during the I, I I've been going on weekends, and I go at one o'clock, two o'clock in the afternoon. So we're not going to get a guest here, Mike. Oh, okay. Greg Deleuze is on the line, and Greg is uh, not the person we had been expecting. So, Greg, I'm going to do something a little different here. I'm going to ask you who you are. And wh- oh, okay. Uh, yeah, she sent me a bio. But, uh, Greg, I'm sure you're with Project 21, but can you just give me an idea so I know what I'm dealing with there? Yes, I am the uh, founder of Uncommon Sense Media Group. I'm also the publisher for 2A News. Uh, I am an uh, active conservative uh, commentator in uh, California. Okay. Uh, mostly talk on Second Amendment and education issues. Okay. But uh, this, this is an issue with um, uh, something that I saw today from the Washington Post. Um, and I'd like to just get your take on it. Uh, two years ago, Major League Baseball uh, decided to move the All-Star game out of Atlanta because liberals were claiming Georgia's voting laws restricted access to people of color. And that ended up costing, as you probably know, local businesses, many of them owned by blacks in Atlanta, about $100 bucks. And then they had a record turnout by blacks in the next election in 2020. So now there's a proposal from a columnist at the Washington Post, uh, Kevin Blackstone, to move all MLB teams out of Florida for spring training. That's another dumb idea. Uh, so that's what I was going to talk to Demetrius Minor about, but uh, I'm happy to talk to you about it, Craig. So, you got any opinions on that? Oh, most definitely. First of all, and it's based on a number of different lies. And so let's let's start with that as the very fact in which uh, their their desire or the thing that they're saying that they want to do is based on a complete and utter lie. One, they're they're probably talking about uh, his position on the advanced placement courses, uh, the rejection of African American uh, advanced placement courses. That included indoctrination, I mean, just straight-up indoctrination. We're talking about, it was teaching about Black Lives Matter, which, which the organization we know of which has been responsible for, is a Marxist socialist organization that has a political agenda. Mm-hmm. And they wanted to make sure that they, you're not supposed to be talking about uh, politicizing or pushing an agenda uh, in public schools. Uh, they also, it also included something along the lines of queer theory, which one has to wonder what, uh, black studies has to do at all with queer theory, but it, it, it promoted queer theory. Uh, it just, the whole point is, and by the way, in Florida, still under state law, they are required to teach black history. They're, reti- they're required to teach about the, uh, about the, uh, uh, about slavery, about Jim Crow, about the civil rights movement. It is all based on a lie, very much like what happened with Georgia was all based on a lie because most of the people who were pushing it never actually read the bill. Because what's funny about what they did and what they did with baseball in uh, in Georgia was they moved it to a state, Colorado, yep. that has stricter voting laws yeah. than did the state of Georgia. Yep, yep, yeah, <laughs> it's unbelievable. Um, but here's what Ron uh, uh, Blackstone wrote about um, the. Uh, uh, the, the, what, what he said about Governor Ron DeSantis. He said, DeSantis turned critical race theory, quote, into a boogeyman for white citizens who believe they are losing the country that wasn't theirs in the first place. So that that's if that's in the column, you know where he's coming from. Well, and in, in once again, it's because he is an intellectual midget who has an agenda. And uh, he, he assumes that the people who read his column, which quite frankly, if, if anyone who gives the Washington Post any of their money... Uh, well, I, I I question your intelligence. Right. Uh, I do. I, I just I honestly do, uh, because quite frankly, uh, it is a p is a propaganda rag, and the people who generally write in there, the articles that are generally in there, come from one particular perspective, and you know I, I'm of this mind. I have no problem reading stuff from the other side, but I also believe this. If you only get one side, you are not getting educated or informed. You are being indoctrinated. And only a fool would subject themselves to that sort of indoctrination. Yeah, and, and, uh, as, and this, this guy, Kevin Blackstone, uh, he's been he's, – uh, it's Blackstone, I should say. He, um, he's been writing for them for a long time. And I'll give him this. He, he says Jim Crow laws were a big, are a big part of Florida's history, 
and he points out that it was a nightmare for black players after Jackie Robinson broke the color barrier. Barrier, but um, you know that was seventy-five years ago. And he says DeSantis is taking Florida back to those days. Now this is a black guy, uh, uh, Kevin Blackstone, who is living in Washington, and he's he now knows that this governor of Florida is taking Florida back to the days of Jim Crow. That's what he's saying. He's from Washington. You mean where he's, you mean you you mean you you mean when Democrats were instituting Jim yeah, Crow? Yeah, the very Democrats that he supports. Uh, through his through his 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 the stuff he writes there at the Washington Post, you mean you mean that? I, last I checked, that was the Democrat Party, yeah. the ones who pushed to keep slavery in place, the ones who started the KKK, the ones who who fought against uh, the 1964 Civil Rights Movement. The 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 leaders of the Southern Bloc were all Democrats. I, I, is that the Florida he's referring to? Because last I checked, Ron DeSantis is a Republican. Yeah, and I I don't um, I wasn't able to get, find out the details about this, but I'm very suspicious of this, and I, this may be an unfair question for you because you haven't you didn't I'm kind of sneaking up on you with it, but there's there's the book ban that you know about, uh, which includes a book about Roberto Clemente and a book about Henry Aaron, and I smell something fishy there because when the story came out, it showed. All the shelves in the library at one school, and I forget which county it was, and uh, you know there were no there were no books left because they were. I get the feeling they were trying to make the point that, well, if there's any reference to any black person or or anybody any black person who experienced uh, discrimination, uh, the kids aren't allowed to read about that. There's no. I just don't believe well, for one second that it's legitimate that the Roberto Clemente book is banned. You know, the, the problem with passing a good law is that, it, is that you have to rely on government bureaucrats uh, to implement it. And, and in essence, what you have here is you have people in areas that do not, that, that basically want woke, left-wing, critical race theory in their schools. They, they, they misinterpreted, intentionally mm-hmm. misinterpreted the law and said, oh, well, I guess I can't teach about this. And I can't c- include this book or I can't include that book. And they specifically did it as a as a basically a PR stunt, and uh, and uh, as Ron DeSantis called it, he called it, he referred to it as a joke, and that is in fact what it is. Is they is they are they well not it is a joke. They are a joke. The people who did this because well number one their goal is to is to undermine is to undermine what they they don't really want history taught. What they want is they want, want a woke left wing. Uh, uh, Marxist ideology taught. That's what they want. They want to destroy and uproot the system. They want to destroy the family. They want to destroy public education. And if they can't do that, if if anyone who puts anything in place that is going to prevent them from doing that, they're going to lie about it. That's what happened in this case. We're talking to Craig Deleuze. He is a member of uh, Black Leadership Network Project 21, founder of the Uncommon Sense Media Group. So you do talk a lot about media and obviously that's what we're talking that's what we're talking about here um so uh, what about the ban on state funding for any florida college program that embraces the deals of uh the ideals of diversity equity and inclusion uh blackstone refers to that too that uh, he obviously has no interest in <coughs> diversity or equality he didn't use that word he used equity but you know what he's saying well, the, the the problem with it is this: is that I don't think average person, when you hear uh, diversity and you hear inclusion and you hear equality, you think one thing. The problem is, is that the way in which they implement these programs, uh, and 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 I, I, they refer to them as anti-racism training and programs. And I will just tell you right now, the experience that I've seen and what I've reviewed, with, and I've reviewed and been a part of some of this training, and I will tell you. There are a few things more racist than anti-racism training. Uh, and but but how many people know that? Especially well, they, people they in the media, or do they, or they purposely well, mis okay. misrepresent it? Well, think about it this way: a lot of this training teaches that if you are white, you are racist, and you are an oppressor. If you are black, you are oppressed, uh, and uh, and there's nothing really you can you, nothing you can really do about it. That's what they teach you. It takes power away from people of color, and it, it, and it basically just tells white people, you are evil and you are, you are, you are racist. And 
that they do that and they teach that and they call that history. They call that black history. And so when you say, when people say, oh, well, they're getting rid of diversity training. Well, no, what they're getting rid of is the racist anti-racism training uh, that so many of these, uh, so many of these folks are trying to put in place. But then there's the reaction from people and, and organizations like Major League Baseball. Now, they're not going to move teams out of Florida for spring training. I'm not saying they'll never do it, but it's not going to happen soon. Uh, I wouldn't put it past them to start talking about it. But um, the reaction, as you mentioned, from you know the, the voting law in Georgia, they ended up having a, a record turnout of everybody, including black voters. Um, Major League Baseball... Does do they do you think they have people working for these organizations that actually take the time to understand or to even try to look at the other side of it, or are they so afraid of being called a bigot or uh, not being woke enough that they just if there's a criticism they accept it right away? From what I understand, and this and far be it for me to defend the the multi billionaires who who own Major League Baseball teams, mm-hmm. but. From what I understand, that was almost solely the the the, the brainchild of Rob Man, Rob Manfred, the commissioner, the, yeah. uh, commissioner of baseball. And I think they have a lot of egg on their face. I think a lot of team owners did not support that. Uh, and at least I'm hoping that is the case. From what I understand, I'm not like I'm a major league baseball insider. Yeah. That's some stuff that I've read. Um, but I believe that they have major egg on their face because. Uh, they didn't stop to think about the unintended consequences, like uh, the fact that they were moving it to a state that had yeah. voting laws than did Georgia. They didn't stop to think about all of the black business owners who had based their annual, you know, their, they based their finances, their budgets, their cash flow projections, the stuff that the, the, their, uh, uh, you know, all of the stuff that they wind up, they wind up ordering their inventory was all based on, that being on the all-star game being there, and that was all blown out of water. They lost millions of dollars. Uh, black businesses and businesses there in Georgia, in Atlanta, Georgia, lost that money uh, because of his decision. I'm guessing that they're going to think twice before they try to implement something like that again. Yeah, you would hope that they would. Um, does this uh, writer fit in with most of DeSantis' critics, though? By by either misstating oh. or exaggerating the issues, and that seems to be. It's not like he's the only guy doing this. Well, it, it's amazing because I'm, I'm I'm assuming because he can write that he actually has the ability to read. But the very <laughs> fact that uh, he is the very fact that he has stated things that we now know to be false, which tells me either he hasn't read any of the actual legislation, he hasn't read any of the actual executive orders, he hasn't actually read the law, or he is a liar, uh, which pretty much sums up most DeSantis critics. <laughs> hey, uh, Craig, I really appreciate you coming on on short notice and uh, a great take on this issue. And I hope to have you. I, I, I know now that we had you on before, but I hope to have you on again, too. <laughs> have you on again. Uh, look. Anytime, sir. Anytime. Thank you very much. That's Craig Deleuze, Project 21, Black Leadership Network. We'll be right back. Wouldn't it be great to work in a place that makes a positive impact on the people, businesses, and churches around you? That place exists. I know because I work there. My name is Cassie, and I'm the digital marketing specialist with Salem Media Group in Pittsburgh. Right now, Salem Surround has an opening for one talented salesperson to join our team. Is that you? We'll bring the training. You just bring the talent. An understanding of digital marketing and some direct sales experience will definitely help you stand out. What are you waiting for? Take the first step to a career that is challenging, rewarding, and helps to create terrific results for our amazing customers. Join the sales team at Salem Media Group Pittsburgh. Email your resume to brad.marshall at salempittsburgh.com. That's brad.marshall at salempittsburgh.com. Salem Media Group is an equal opportunity employer. 
Well, just when you thought it couldn't get any better, Mike Lindell with My Pillow is launching My Pillow 2.0. When Mike invented My Pillow, it had everything you could ever want in a pillow. Now, nearly 20 years later, he discovered a new technology that makes it even better. The My Pillow 2.0 has the patented adjustable fill of the original My Pillow, and now with a brand new fabric that is made with a temperature regulating thread. The My Pillow 2.0 is the softest, smoothest, and coolest pillow you'll ever own. For my exclusive listeners, the My Pillow 2.0 is buy one get one free with promo code STAG. My Pillow 2.0 temperature regulating technology is 100% made in the USA and comes with a 10-year warranty and a 60-day money-back guarantee. Just go to mypillow.com, click on the radio listener square to get the buy one get one free offer. Just when you thought My Pillow couldn't get any better, My Pillow 2.0 gives you the best pillow ever. Enter promo code STAG or call 800-716-8087 to get your My Pillow 2.0s now. The John Steigerwall Show, AM 1250, The Answer. Well, I guess, uh, I don't know, We are here we are on day four, and I'm wondering what to expect from Tucker Carlson tonight on his show. I watched it last night, and one of the, the, the big takeaway for me last night, which was an interesting uh, number that he threw out there, he showed video of the uh, 2020 demonstrations, riots, outside the White House uh, during the George Floyd aftermath. Uh, that would have been like May, June of 2020. And he pointed out that there were more police injured in that than there were in um, uh, the January 6th. And that's kind of just a you know, little, little fact there that people might want to f- focus on a little bit. And when everybody talks about not everybody, but idiots refer to this as the worst attack on the country, on our democracy, which we don't have, by the way. But uh, the worst attack uh, since uh, the uh, the Civil War. And they're skipping, I don't know, 9-11. Pearl Harbor was kind of big. That was an attack on America. Uh, and, and to call this the January 6th thing worse than those two things. So they have no... Um, though, uh, credibility, but Whoopi Girl, Goldberg, I see here today. She says Tucker Carlson showing Americans previously unseen footage from January sixth, quote, should be against the law. She added the First Amendment, quote, doesn't allow you to willingly lie. What a moron! Guess what, Whoopi? That's exactly what it allows you to do. I'm six foot six. And I can bench press 400 pounds. Talk to you tomorrow. The John Steigerwald Show is a production of Salem Media Group and sponsored by Service Master of Greater Pittsburgh. Demand the yellow van. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.